presence of the Lord. Amen. I'd rather be here than in the best hospital in Columbus. Amen. That's right. I'd rather be here than any other place. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm really glad you're here. And say that like you really mean it. I'm really glad that you're here. And you know what? We are. We are. Thank you. And yeah, let's give God praise. That's fine. We are glad you're here. If this is your first opportunity to worship here, be sure and fill out one of your connection cards. We'd love to, to give you a gift. That doesn't happen everywhere. We're going to give you a gift. And we're glad you're here. And uh, those of you that are online, thank you. We have people worshiping all over the country. And thank you. Let's give them a hand. Tell them we're glad that they're worshiping with us. You are an important person, an important part of our church family. Let's pray for our puppet team this morning. They are ministering in Sabina, Ohio, and pray God's blessing on them. And uh, then today, as the third song is sung, we will come up and pray as we do always. But we have come for one reason, and that's to have an encounter with God. It's nice to see people, and I love to see the family of God, but we have come into this place for one reason and one reason only, and that's to encounter the living God. So Father, breathe on us today Bless as we continue our worship, and may you be honored and glorified in everything that is done today. In Jesus' name, let's give him praise as we continue to worship.
guests here in the room and online. We are so glad you are joining us. Turn in your completed connection card to the info center in the sanctuary for a free gift. We hope you will choose Cap City as your church family. Our annual cruise-in and fish fry is coming soon on September 11th. 
pick up a flyer and registration form from the Welcome Center. It's sure to be a great day and all proceeds will go to missions. Our 55 plus Golden Saints group will be going to Der Dutchman in Plain City this Friday. Be sure and sign up at the Welcome Center for more information. September 5th is first Sunday. Join us for some ice cream sundaes after church. Be sure and invite a friend to service and also enter to win a gift card. Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online at capcitychurch.live. You can give through Cash App at Capital City Church and you can give by writing a check or giving cash. Our ushers will be receiving the offering at the end of service. Don't forget to drop your connection card in the offering today. Let's join together to study God's Word as Pastor Phil brings the message in week one of Overcomer. Amen. Welcome to the first week of Overcomer. I'm so glad that you're here today. And uh, I, I, uh, before I get started, I think I heard some applause for the older folk a little bit ago during the announcements. Come on, give our 55 plusers a big hand. They just couldn't wait to give a big old cheer. So uh, I know they're having a lot of fun and, and uh, enjoying uh, their company together. And, and uh, we're just excited about that uh, ministry. And uh, thankful for all of you that are here today. I uh, want to say a great big welcome. If this is your first time here today, we want to say thank you for being here. Welcome. We hope it's the first of many. If you're watching online, we want to say a great big welcome to you. Thank you for joining us today. Come on, Cap City. Give them a great big welcome and let them know how much we appreciate them. Amen. How many of you have ever fallen? Raise your hand. Oh, okay. Well, probably. I think everybody should raise their hand. We were all babies, right? We all learned to walk. And, uh, but hopefully along the way, we learned to walk a little better. And, uh, but uh, as we get a little bit older, falling gets a little bit easier, right? And we actually had a wedding in here yesterday, and we avoided a catastrophe because coming right up the steps, the bride stepped on the hem of her dress, and uh, the, the groom-to-be caught it in time, reached down and, and helped her up. Up and everything was fine. Crisis averted. No YouTube videos today. Amen. Uh, but you know, it's so embarrassing. In fact, when I was younger and I would fall, you know, in, in uh, middle school and in and, and, uh, elementary school and I would fall, uh, you know, people would laugh and that kind of made me angry. I didn't think it was funny at all. I wasn't laughing at all. But then when someone else would fall, why is it we find ourselves starting to laugh a little bit, right? Huh? And I don't know what that's all about, but uh, some of you, uh, 
uh, are from uh, the Grace Ministry side of the merger, so you wouldn't remember this time, but uh, back when we were up in the other building, we were having a big event. I think it was like a sports camp or a WANA, uh, first night of a WANA or something, and we had a lot of food and, and drinks and everything, and, and uh, they wanted the picnic table moved. We have to understand the picnic table was so big that we left it there. <laughs> it was, I think, Harold, what was that thing, about 12 feet long? That thing was huge. And so I thought, well, you know what? If I just lift one end and then the other end and then the other end, I can scoot it out to the, uh, to the driveway. And I thought, that seems like that'll work. You know, I don't want to lift too hard. So uh, I did that and seemed to be okay. And uh, not too much longer, I was getting some ice out of the car. Yes, that's right, bags of ice. And all of a sudden, my back went out so bad that I ended up getting thrown to the floor. Well, I knew I was going to the floor. I could just feel it happening. So I made a dead run as fast as I could to my office. I shut the door and was slammed to the floor. How many of you know that's not a good day right there, huh? Tell somebody, I'm glad I walked in here today, huh? If, and if you were able to wheel in or however you got here, I just want you to know that that is a place of true uh, uh, humility when you're flat on your back and you have nothing you can do to get back up. Well, I started calling and texting Crystal and texting uh, some of the board and all of that, and they were so busy, they weren't looking at their phones. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm screaming in pain. Finally, someone walked in and said, Pastor, you okay? I said, I'm not okay. <laughs> so a couple guys came in and then a couple more guys came in they could not move me I mean literally the pain was so bad that if they even touched me it was like somebody was driving a knife into my back make a long story short they ended up having to call the squad they worked on me for about 15 minutes to slowly get me up you know that board that they carry you on they put that down beside me. They said, okay, roll up on your side. I said, I can't, I can't. You remember this, Harold, you were there, Ed. I can't do it, I can't do it. So finally they just scooched the board underneath me, lifted me up very carefully, took me to the ambulance, and then it was then that I realized I will no longer laugh when I see the commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> Now understand, I wasn't laughing at the process of falling and not being able to get up. That, that's not what I was laughing at. What I was laughing at was the tackiness of the commercial. It was like, man, we could have done that better than that in our living room. It was just kind of tacky. But now I don't even chuckle at that. It's not funny, right? It's just not funny. Falling down is not funny. Come on, can I tell the person beside you, falling down is not funny. Well, what we don't realize is every one of us, if we were born, huh? Was everybody born? I think we were. And I was born at a very early age, so it was, uh, I got an early start on it. Some of you got that. But uh, uh, when we were born, we were born already fallen. We were born already fallen into sin. Now, I don't, I, I, you know, I know that we're like, well, that doesn't seem fair. Well, take it up with Adam and Eve and have a talk with them when you get to heaven. But the fact is, when we came to this earth, we came with the natural bent to do whatever made us feel good. You know, nobody had to teach us how to steal the cookies from the cookie jar. Nobody had to te te uh, teach us how to uh, uh, argue with our brother and sister or maybe even hit them. Nobody had to teach us how to be selfish and always want our own way. It was naturally in us 
built in us and that's why Jesus came so that he could free us from that dominion over our life amen and so that's where we're going to start this series called overcomer because I believe the only way we will ever overcome the struggles in life is if we start right here with what Jesus has done for us so if you have your Bibles, I want you to open to the book of Isaiah chapter 53. I don't have it on the screen for you this morning. It's a lot of reading, and so I just wanted to have you read it along in your Bible, Isaiah chapter 53. As you're turning there, I want you to understand that the prophet Isaiah was looking forward to the birth and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It hadn't happened yet. You have to understand that as you read these words, you will think, oh yeah, that happened. Yeah, that makes sense. He's writing about what happened with Jesus. No, no, he wrote all of this long before Jesus was ever born. But he was writing a prophecy of what the Messiah, of what our Savior would do for us. So if you have your Bibles open to Isaiah chapter 53, I'm actually gonna begin my reading with verse 3. Are you ready? Here we go. It says he, talking about Jesus, talking about the Christ, he was, I love how it says was, if you're following along, circle that word was because you see that Isaiah is talking as if it already happened because in God's timeline it had already happened. How many of you know that your sins are already forgiven? You just have to come and ask Jesus to make it your own, right? Jesus died that we could have life in eternal. So he says he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in, the, in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. I want you to underline that verse and remember that for a little bit later. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that bought us peace was on him. Think about that for a moment. The punishment that bought our peace was the punishment that was upon Jesus. And by his wounds, we are healed. Remember that now. Verse six, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. I don't know about you, but that just kind of makes me uncomfortable a little bit because why would the Lord want that? And let me just stop there and say, I want you to understand something. The Lord wants what's best for you. He wants what's best for me. He wants what's best for the person beside you. He wants what's best for your best friend. He wants what's best for your worst enemy. You do understand that it doesn't matter who you love or who you like or who you hate or who you dislike. None of that, all of that is irrelevant in the eyes of God. He wants what's best for you. But it may not look, when that all kind of comes out in actions and in life, it may not look sometimes like he really does love us or even does like us, right? Have any of you ever prayed the prayer, Lord, are you up there? Lord, are you listening? 
hello, I've got some problems here, and I'd really love it if you would pay attention to them for a little bit. But it's because it seems like, it feels like, remember those two words, it seems like, and it feels like I'm being ignored. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you are not being ignored. You are not being discarded. God loves you. He knows right where you are, and he cares about you with all of his heart. Now it goes on to say, it was the Lord will crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering of sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will, watch this, the will, I want you to underline this with, and, and circle this line. I want you to get this this morning. The will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. The will of the Lord will prosper in your hand. You have to understand that whatever the will of the Lord is, sometimes it's not going to make sense. Sometimes it's going to seem very strange. Sometimes it may even hurt a little bit. But I want you to know that the will of the Lord will prosper in your hand. If you are a Christ follower, if you have Christ within you, then Christ is who you are. You are in Christ. He is in you. And the will of the Lord will bless you. After he had suffered, talking about Jesus... He will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. By his knowledge, it says, my righteous servant will justify many and will bear the iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the intercessors or for the transgressors. Would you bow your head? Father, thank you that you make intercession for us. Thank you that we can follow you and know that you're a great big God, that you know what you're doing, and that no matter what, if we hold on to you, we can and will be an overcomer. Lord, I pray that your servant would not be heard today, but your words would be spoken. Lord, that your spirit would apply to our hearts what you have for us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a problem. Tell the person beside you, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. I've got a problem. All God's children have got a problem. And this is the problem. We were born with it. I talked about it earlier. And that is, if you're taking notes, we have fallen. We have fallen. And in our own strength, we cannot get up. We have fallen. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Isaiah 53.6, we just read a little bit ago, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each has, in, has turned to his own way. And you know, we really don't have to look far to see evidence of this. We don't have to look far to see the evidence of the fall. We don't have to look far to know that, yes, we do live in a fallen world. And we do have a problem that we're part of that fallen world. Come on. tell It's not just everybody else. It's you too. Come on. Tell the person they need to hear that this morning from somebody besides just me. So what are the evidences of the fall? Let me give them to you quickly if you're taking notes. The first one is, won't surprise you, a three-letter word that we hate to talk about, but it sure is real, the word sin. 
When we talk about sin, we're talking about missing the mark. We're talking about a, 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 a willful transgression against the known law of God. But we're also talking about that which we're born in, like a, the nature that's born that leads us to do those things. We were born with both of those. Now we can come to Jesus and we ask for forgiveness of the sins that we have done, the things that we have, ha, have acted out, but we can't ask forgiveness for the sin we were born into that fallen nature because we didn't do it, right? Anybody here, Adam and Eve? No, they're, they're gone. It wasn't us. We were just born into it. And so this is the beginning, understanding the sin of what we've done. And then there's a progression of what we do about the, the nature that causes us to want to do it more. We'll talk about that in just a little moment. But the sin that I want to talk about right now is the sin that is, is inbred in us that kind, of, that kind of bends us to miss the mark, that causes us. It's almost like we're, we're having target practice and the sights are off on our gun. And no matter how good an aim we are, if the sights are off, you're going to miss. Guys, have you ever had to take your car in to do an alignment? Uh, you, the reason you do that is because you notice that the car is pulling one way to the other or the other, and, and the tires are starting to get worn down, and, and there's something wrong, and they're worn on one side and not the other, and you realize something's wrong. This car is, doesn't have a natural true north. There's something that's causing this car to kind of be pulled this way or pulled that way. Are you with me? So that's the sin that I'm talking about there. The next one, if you're taking notes, is lawlessness. This is what it leads to. It leads to transgressions. Because we were born with this automatic bent to do what is wrong, we, if we do not submit to Jesus, and if we do not come to him and lean on his power, we will find ourselves acting out the sin that I said a moment ago, a willful transgression against the known law of God. Can we get just a little deep this morning. Is that okay? Because I want you to understand that Jesus' blood and Jesus' sacrifice went far deeper than just forgiving me of the, the, the uh, Diet Coke that I stole, you know, before I was saved. It, it goes far deeper than whatever sin it was that you did and came to Jesus and confessed and asked him to forgive you. Yes, his blood is deep enough to forgive every sin and to throw it into the, the sea of forgetfulness. But I'm here to tell you, his blood goes even deeper than that. He was bruised for our iniquity. He was, he was given for our sorrows. So if I, if I allow myself, I'm pulled to this violation of the law. 1 John 3, 4 says, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. Amen. Think about that for a moment. I often use the illustration of when you're driving uh, through maybe a strange town and you do not see the speed limit sign and the speed limit that you knew of was 55. Now the speed limit is 25, but you don't know it. So you're still going 55 or 60 and a police officer pulls you over and he says, you know, you were going 57 in a 25. And you go, no, I did not know that. I thought it was still 55. No, it went to 25 back there about 50 yards where I was parked. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But anyway, uh, so, uh, so you say, you know, okay, you've got me dead to rights. You're right. I didn't know the speed limit was 25. I was going 67. So technically, yeah, you've got me. But officer, you have to know, I was not purposefully doing that. I was not on purpose uh, speeding. And, and he has one of two options. He can either say, you know what? 
I understand that you didn't see the sign, so I'm going to give you grace, but next time there's going to be a problem. Or he could say, you know what? It was 25, you're going 57, here's your ticket, right? Here's what I want you to know about Jesus. Jesus is the nice cop, and he understands that we are human, that we do things, we mess up, we sin. If we come to him, we confess, we say we're sorry, we ask him to forgive us, he will always forgive us of that. So don't let this lawlessness scare you, but know that if you have transgressions in your life, you have got to make it right. Because First John says, everyone who sins breaks the law. And if you are going against any known law of God, then you are purposefully sinning. Hmm. Then we read about iniquities. That's your next fill-in. Another sign that we are fallen in this world is iniquities, wickedness, perversion, twisted things. You know, something that is, is not a new trick of the devil, but he still does it all the time, is he takes things that are meant to be beautiful and he makes them ugly. He twists them into something that is ugly. Like God created us, right? He created us to uh, enjoy food. Aren't you glad, huh? I'm glad he enjoyed But sometimes I enjoy food too much. In fact, right now, by conviction of the Lord, I'm enjoying food less every day because he said, you know, I did, I did give you the food to enjoy, but not to enjoy so much that you die. Hello, I had a friend that used to always tell me, food is to save a life, not to take it. And I always say it's not really fair because if your addiction is something like uh, alcohol, well, you can survive without alcohol. You can live your whole life without drinking one more drink. I can't live the rest of my life without eating. So it just doesn't seem fair, but it's still real. Are you with me? Okay, so wickedness, perversion, what, God, what the enemy does is he will come in and he'll take what God prevented as beautiful and he'll, he'll have us use it to something that causes us pain, that causes us sickness that causes us struggles in life. Are you with me? And then infirmities. If you're taking notes, that's your next fill in. And these are just shortcomings and we all have them. Lack of health, human frailties. And then sorrows. That's your other fill in. Sorrows reflects pain, disappointment, loss of peace, normal parts of life which are a result of the fall of man. So we have to understand that Jesus had a huge calling upon his life to heal us and to bring us out of all of these things. One commentator put it this way, each of these words show a different effect of the fall. Our spiritual fall affected our relationship with God the orientation of our will, the condition of our body, our mind, and our soul, and our relationship towards moral and spiritual law. There are physical, moral, mental, and relational consequences to our fall. Let me read that again. There are physical, moral, mental, and relational consequences to our fall. We have fallen, and the results are obvious, in every aspect of our life. We have fallen. Number two is our pain. And that is we can't get up on our own. 
We just can't do it. We have to have the help of Jesus. Wherever you are in your spiritual walk, wherever you are in this journey of life, I have to let you know that your next step will take the power of the cross. We are not strong enough. We're not smart enough. I learned a long while ago, I'm not smart enough, strong enough, wise enough to make my own decisions. I have to lean fully on the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in my life and the leadership of Jesus in my life. I have to know that I cannot get up on my own. And just like that day when I was flat on my back in the office and couldn't budge and couldn't move and no one else could hardly move me, there were, I understood I cannot do this on my own. And just like that, spiritually we cannot get up on our own we need the spiritual squad car to show up and take us to the spiritual uh, hospital so that we can meet the great physician who is Jesus Christ himself who can heal us from the inside out make a true difference in our life and cause us to what to overcome in the name of Jesus that's right you can give God a praise for that I believe it with all my heart that's right we have fallen and we have hurt ourselves seriously. And we can't get up because the consequences are too severe and too comprehensive. Theologians, again, if I can just be theological for a moment, just write this word down somewhere, they call it depravity. I am born without the ability in myself to choose to do right. Now you might do it for a couple hours, you might do it for a couple days, but if I'm leaning on my own power, I will fail. Listen to me very carefully. Pastor Phil declares before you, if I lean on Pastor Phil's power only, I will fail. I am fallen, I'm a human, I live in this jar of clay, I'm not smart enough, wise enough, fast enough to make it happen for very long. I've learned it the hard way and had to say, Lord, I tried it on my own, I messed it up, will you please be my strength? And he said, of course I will. Well, I'm glad you asked, right? And the fact is, that list that I just shared with you, we can't get up because of our sin. Sin has left us too short of God's holiness. Our lawlessness has left us too guilty. Our iniquity has bent us away from righteousness. Our infirmities have left us too weak to get back up, and our sorrows have left us too wounded to get up on our own. And these problems cannot be held, be, can, cannot be handled from within ourselves. Listen, too many of us, and this is why I often say there's far too many uh, uh, checklist Christianity Christians, miserable Christians walking around because they're trying to make it on their own. They're trying to, to follow the rules on their own, and it's never going to happen that way. And that's why I put in your notes, write this down, an insufficient view of sin will give us an insufficient view of Jesus. Why do I talk about sin? Because it's real. And because Jesus came to forgive it and to give us freedom from its dominion. And so I have to quit calling it a mistake. And I have to quit calling it, well, I just messed up. And just say, no, I did wrong. I need to confess it and move right forward with God. In other words, in order to appreciate salvation, we must fully understand the devastating consequences of sin. 
and I might add, in order to appreciate uh, entire sanctification, which is a full surrender to the Lord, in order to appreciate that we can, we can come to the Lord and give him everything and declare that all of us are his, we must fully understand the devastating consequences of our nature and our sin. Because here's what I know. Our culture has depreciated its concept of sin. In fact, it's almost tried to eliminate that it's even a thing. You just believe whatever you believe. You believe whatever you believe. I'll believe whatever I believe. And we'll just meet you someday in heaven. No, that's not how it works. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He also says, anyone who acts out against the law of God is sinning. Anyone who acts out against God. Listen, this, isn't my, this is what the Bible says. Now, I'm not saying this to depress you or to scare you. I'm just giving you a dose of reality because if we're walking around doing things we know we shouldn't do and then wondering why we're not being blessed, I'm here to tell you, I'll tell you why you're not blessed, because you're not blessable. Hello, we have to be blessable in order to be blessed. Now hang with me because there's hope. Remember, the title of this series is Overcomer. The beauty is Jesus gave everything so that none of this had to be a problem and we could overcome. But if we ignore the problem, we really don't appreciate the process and the freedom that comes through Jesus' blood. Amen? A lot of times we see ourselves as victims. I'm not responsible. It's not really my problem. I grew up in a bad neighborhood. I grew up in a bad home. Or, you know, we're just known for being that way. Our family is just known for that being that way. What we're doing is we're, we're convincing ourselves. We're convincing ourselves that what we're doing is just fine. And it's not. In fact, did you know that the most dangerous, I talked about two forms of sin, the one that we do on purpose, the one that we don't really know about because uh, you know, we live in a fallen world, but did you know the sin of deception could be the most dangerous sin of all? It's the one that Eve uh, committed in the garden. Now Adam, he knew what he was doing and he did it anyway. Eve convinced herself, the Bible says, she was convinced that eating of the fruit would do what the enemy said would make her God. She convinced herself that what she was doing was not wrong. Let me tell you something. If you have come to, if we bring ourselves to a place where we have convinced ourselves that doing wrong is okay, we are on dangerous ground. Come on. Sometimes we say, well, my problems are just maladjustments. It's just my, that's just my personality. Or we seek counseling rather than God's forgiveness. In the Old Testament, a spotless lamb was sacrificed once a year to symbolically atone for sin. In the New Testament, the lamb of Jesus Christ was given for atonement. And it was a necessity to get us out of this vicious cycle of excuse-making and self-help to know that God can help us. We have fallen and we can't get up.
but now it's time for the good news. Are you ready for good news? Tell somebody, I'm ready for good news. This has been tough. It's been tough. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for some good news. Yeah, bring, bring it on. Here's the good news. Two words, Jesus Christ. Come on, say it with me. Jesus Christ. The good news is Jesus Christ. Come on, say it out loud. Jesus Christ. That is, he is the good news. Why? Because he provides for us all of the answers to these things that we face in this fallen world. All of the things that we face, everything that we see, the evil in this world, the evil that's been done to us, the evil that perhaps we've done to others, God's provision, Jesus Christ, is the answer to all of that. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus provides, first of all, forgiveness for our transgressions. Forgiveness for our transgressions. He forgives us, he forgets about them, and he moves on. Quit reminding him he's already forgot about it. If you've come to God and you've confessed your sins to Jesus Christ and you've asked for forgiveness, they're gone. They're history. They're out of there. You need to let it go because God has let it go. Amen? Come on, tell somebody, just let it go. you got to let it go. Let it go. Jesus provides. I'm so thankful. Listen, when I say his blood goes deeper than forgiveness of sins, do not think for a minute that I'm downplaying that Jesus died to forgive us of our sins. We would not be where we are today if Jesus had not forgiven us of our sins. And if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a moment. It will be the first day of the rest of your life. You'll never forget your spiritual birthday. It's an amazing thing. Come on, anybody that's ever experienced it, let me hear you give God a praise today. Amen. Amen. Letter, letter B, if you're taking notes, cleansing from our iniquities cleansing from those things that pull us towards doing wrong again. The next one is healing for our damaged lives. I want you to see something. His blood goes so deep that he not only forgives, but he can cleanse and he can heal. And the next one, he can give us power to live righteously. Now, I've already established that Pastor Phil does not have the power to live a sinless life. I just don't. I've tried it in the past. Finally, I realized if I don't fully surrender to the Lord, I'm just going to keep going back, and I'm going to have to keep saying I'm sorry, and I'm going to have to go keep going to the altar and apologizing and, and, and confessing that same thing, and this is not a way to live, and it's so defeative, and it's miserable. I don't want to live this anyway until I finally realized, as someone was preaching a sermon similar to this, that was saying, listen, you can be cleansed from all unrighteousness. And his forgiveness forgives us and he cleanses us, or his blood forgives us and cleanses us. But also it says he brings healing to us. By his stripes we are healed. And he can give us the power to live righteously. So watch this. Can I make it maybe a day or a week or two weeks in my own power? I, I think I probably could. But I'm going to be very careful because I know I'm nothing without God. But here's what I know. If I lean on my own power and my own understanding and I try to make it in life and I try to be righteous in my own, it, it's going to crash and burn. Listen to me very carefully. I'm going to crash and burn. But God has the power, hello, to help me make it 
a day, two days, a week. In fact, really what we're asking now is not how big am I, not how strong am I, but how great is our God? Come on, church. How great is the God that you serve? It is not how great you are. We are imperfect. We are fallen. We have trouble even even getting up in the morning and having a right attitude in our own strength. But through Jesus and his spirit, we can have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all of those things things come naturally through the Holy Spirit in us. So how big is my God? Is my God big enough to help me live victorious over sin for a week? Yes, he is. Is my God strong enough to help me live for a month victorious over sin? Yes, he is. Is my God big enough to help me live for an entire year to live above sin and sinless? Yes, he is. In fact, he's big enough to help me live the rest of my life uh, to be uh, free from sin and sin's dominion. The problem is if I get in the way, I mess it all up come on people go around well you know we sin and we're thought and deed every day well you don't have to hello Uh, maybe you do and you can testify to that and be proud of that I wouldn't be proud of that I would be proud of a God who could help me not do that so every day Paul said you know what I do every day I die to self and I say God help me through this day you be the help that I need to live in victorious Christian living this day. He also said in Romans 12, 1, I beg of all of you to do the same thing. Give your bodies, your flesh, your selfish desires, your pride, your greed, whatever it is that causes you. Yes, you've come to Christ. Yes, he's forgiven you of your sins, but you're just miserable because that keeps cropping up. And Paul says, just give it all to God. Surrender to God. Give it as a living sacrifice on the altar that was provided from the blood of Jesus Christ. Give it to me. Surrender all of that. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is holy and pleasing in the perfect will of God. And then he says, transform your mind. Not as the patterns of the world would be, but as the Holy Spirit would be. The bad news is we've fallen, and sometimes it just makes life miserable. But I want to tell you, in the midst of the storm, God can be the power and strength we need to live another day and to be victorious in Jesus Christ. I don't know who you are, and I don't care, but that's just good preaching right there. And it's not Phil preaching. It's the Bible preaching, okay? I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on the Bible. Are you ready? Now listen to me, it's gotta be in that order. God's not gonna bring you healing and power to live righteously if you haven't first asked him to forgive you of the sins that you've done that you know you shouldn't have done. Hello. Then if you've done that, God begins to draw us into a place of full surrender and cleansing where he can be the power that we need to live righteously. And then he begins healing our damaged lives. And it doesn't mean that, that, that the things that are happening go away, but he gives us healing in the middle of it and he helps us through it. And he gives us the power to live righteously. Isaiah 53, we see that Jesus responded To each one of these, if you have your Bibles open, underline these lines very quickly. I'll give them to you quickly, and then we'll close. The first one is in verse 12. Circle the word bore. He bore the sin of many. He put all of that sin. Every sin that you have committed was on Jesus and the cross. 
we used to sing that gospel song when he was on the cross, I was on his mind, right? And then in verse uh, five, I want you to circle the word wounded. He was wounded, or it may say pierced, for our transgressions. And then in verse eight, underline the word stricken. He was stricken for my transgressions. Do you see how Jesus took care of every one of these problems on the cross? And then in verse, uh, verse 12 again, uh, he was numbered with the transgressors. In other words, he was treated just like we should have been treated, right? And then we see in verse 12 also, he made intercession for the transgressors. Underword that, underline that word, intercession. He, that, you know what that word means? He prays, he's praying for you right now. Right now, he's praying for you by name. He's at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for you. Verse five again, circle the word bruised. He was bruised for our iniquities. Verse six, several words. The Lord has laid on him. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Wow. And then in verse four, his last two, circle the word again, born and carried. He has borne our griefs. Watch this. And he's already carried your sorrow. Don't you love how he didn't say, he will bear and he will carry? No, no. He was carrying it before it ever happened. What does that say to us? That says... That as I, as I live this Christian life and I walk by faith and I live with him, anything that comes my way, any struggle, any hurt, any sorrow, any pain, any habit, anything that you face today or tomorrow, Jesus is already there carrying it for you. You don't even have to pick it up. Listen, how much time do we take laying our burdens at the foot of the cross? What if, hear me now, listen, what if we never picked it up in the first place? Because you know what we're doing? Give that to me, Jesus. I think I'll carry that for a while. No, no. The Bible says he's already carrying it. We took it from Jesus. Oh, somebody needs to write that down. It's not even in my notes, but I believe that that's what the Holy Spirit wants to hear today. Jesus already had it. And if you're carrying it, you took it from him. Let him carry it. You remember I say if we give him our house and the roof leaks, we then pray, Lord, how are you, not how are you going to fix my roof? Lord, how are you going to fix your roof? Right? Same thing. It's already his. He's already got it. So his, his response to our need was twofold. Write this down. The first, it was voluntary. And second, it was victorious. It was voluntary because he loved us. Victorious because he's our savior. Listen to this. The despised and rejected one has become our peace. The man of sorrows has become our joy. The wounded one has become our healing, and the pierced one has become our intercessor. The lamb has become our sacrifice, and the one who bore our punishment has reconciled us to 
the Father. <laughs> I leave you with this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. God was in Christ, reconciling himself to the world. We have fallen, and we can't get up without him. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I covered a lot of different reasons that you may want to pray today. I'm not going to call them out because I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just kind of percolate in that in you. But I felt very, very strongly that I needed to give you an opportunity today to pray. And whatever hurt, struggle, sorrow, habit, hang up, maybe you've never come to Christ before, maybe you have in the past, but you've let yourself drift. Maybe there's some pain in your life you don't know what to do with and you're tired of carrying it, sorrow, whatever it is. Jesus' blood came for all of that. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've been kind of miserable as a Christian lately because you've just been still trying to, to steer the ship, trying to, to navigate your own path. Maybe you have yet, maybe your bumper sticker says, Jesus is my co-pilot, when what it really needs to say is, Jesus took the wheel. <laughs> Come on now. Maybe, maybe we need to rip that bumper sticker off and quit making him be the passenger and say, all right, Jesus, I'm going to scoot over and I'm going to let you be the driver. Maybe that's where we are today. I don't know. But I know this, in a room this size, there's some hurt. There's some struggle. There's some sorrow. There's some pain. There's some habits. There's some hangups. There's some things that we need to deal with. There's some things we need to take care of. I'm not going to ask you what, it, what it's about. I'm not going to call out, well, this one, you come, this one. No, no. I'm going to ask Daniel to quietly sing, I come to the Father. Come on. I run to the Father. I'm just going to ask you this morning, run to the Father. Pastor Phil doesn't have all the answers. Pastor David doesn't have all the answers. I want to tell you who has all the answers. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has all the answers. And he knows what he's doing, church what he's doing and so here's what I'm gonna ask you to do as Daniel begin listen don't think about it you'll talk yourself out of it I want you to do this as, as Daniel begins to lead us I want you to run to the father come to the father let him be your healer let him be your strength I'm telling you what God wants to do something great and mighty for you this morning and we're just gonna let him do it amen come on tell somebody if you'll go up I'll go up with you amen come on come at this time That's right, that's right. Step out, step out. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it. Father, I fall into 
done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. stand, you can kneel. We're just going to pray a prayer right now. And we're just going to ask God to bring freedom, whatever it is you're asking for. If you're asking for forgiveness, I want to tell you, all you have to do is say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Make me new. The best way I know how, I call on you. And he will. He is, if we confess our sins, says the Bible, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That is the promise of the Lord. And if you've come for healing, for strength, for hope, whatever it is, come on, we're just going to believe for God to do a great and mighty move this morning. Amen? Come on. Don't let go. Let God, let God do great things. Here we go, Pastor Dave. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come before you today, and we're glad that, Lord, you know our hearts. We're glad that when we come here today, that we can run to the Father. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful relationship that says that you are Abba, Father. You are our blessed Father. You are the God and Father who knows our hearts, our minds. You know our condition. And so, Lord, for everyone who is kneeling, those who are standing, let there be a spiritual breakthrough, even right now. Lord, visit this people in a way that you've not visited in many days and Lord I pray you'll give freedom to those who need freedom I pray that you'll give forgiveness to those who need forgiveness I pray that you'll give overcoming power to those who need power I pray that you'll give grace to those who need grace I pray you'll give wisdom to those who need wisdom I pray that you'll give love 
love and forgiveness for those who need to love and forgive. We pray, Lord, that whatever the need of this people is, that I run to the Father. My heart needs a surgeon. That's the truth. And my soul needs a friend. Thank you that we have a surgeon. Thank you that we have a friend in Jesus. And we can trust him even right now. Oh, let's sing it together, church. I run to the Father. Let's sing it together. Let's claim it today. I run to the Father. started preaching there I'm going to ask the ushers to come at this time as we continue to worship please understand that this is a way for us in a small way to give back to the mighty blessings Jesus has given to us we can never repay him we can never outgive him 
but this is just kind of our way of saying, Lord, we love you. We want to follow you. We want to obey you because you're awesome. So Lord, right now, I pray that you would bless your offering to your glory. Use it for the upbuilding of your kingdom. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching online, you can uh, give online by going to our website, capcitychurch.live. And if you came today not ready to give, that's fine. If you're a first-time guest, all we ask is just, you don't even have to put anything in the bucket. Just bring your little communication card back to the Welcome Center, and we have a special gift for you. If you gave your heart to Jesus today, if you prayed that prayer and said, Lord, forgive me, make me new, I want you to meet Pastor David. He will be back by the Welcome Center there, and uh, just let him know. Say, uh, I, I wanted to let you know I prayed that prayer, and uh, we have a special uh, gift that we want to give to you as well. And uh, don't forget the things that are coming up. All of it is in your bulletin. Uh, we have the 55 plus and different things. And uh, we're just so grateful for what God is doing. And I'm so glad that all of you came to church. God bless you. We love you so much. Shake hands. Be friendly. I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment. But then I'm going to ask you if you uh, have children in children's church, would you go get them and bring them back in here? I would like to have just a, a talk with you, uh, with everyone. If you don't have any kids, you can just hang out here for a little bit. In about five minutes, uh, I want to just have a quick talk with you, and uh, then we'll let you go, okay? God bless you. God loves you, and I love you. You're dismissed.